Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today we're going to be talking about Robot, uh, the very first Tom Baker story. And before we do that, I want to remind everybody that we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, uh, like this one, where we talk about Doctor Who, and then our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else that isn't Doctor Who. And if you like our shows, you can review them on iTunes, because we appreciate that, and we haven't had any reviews for The Doctor's Companion in quite a while, so please uh, hop on iTunes and give us some reviews. And if you have uh, questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at podcast at mindrobber.net or uh, leave a comment on the site um, so that we know what you're thinking. Matt, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm very good, especially after watching this episode. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the background and significance? I, I, I think I could be wrong. I think there's something major about this. I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. Uh, it's the last story produced by Barry Letts. Uh, <laughs> well, it is. Um, no, this is the first Tom Baker story. Uh, it's uh, at the end of Planet of the Spiders, the Doctor regenerates uh, from John Pertwee to Tom Baker. And it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, we're talking about Planet of the Spiders in a couple weeks, but uh, Planet of the Spiders, man, that ending is a sucker gut punch and i don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. it in a while but it is it is heartbreaking oh, like, God, i love that episode so much yeah well and I the can't last wait to get there i yeah. can't wait to get there yeah we're about 10 away from there which is really exciting it's um yeah it the 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 plan of spiders like the last scene is a pretty much a sucker punch but like within the first like 10 minutes of robot you, you're introduced to tom baker in a big bad way especially in the first episode which is all basically like a hey who is this guy uh, and mm-hmm. how is he going to be different? And it's a um, striking difference. Um, it's also the not. It's not like the first appearance of Harry. I think because I think he's in Planet of the Spiders. Oh no, he's in. This is his first appearance. Uh, this is the first appearance of Harry, who would go on to hang out with uh, the Doctor and Sarah Jane for their first season together, uh, and then just pimp away at the end of Terror of the Zygons, and appear one other time. But that's that best. Best not we not talk about that one. Um, <laughs> oh, Terry Nation. Oh, Terry Nation, indeed. Um, so, so, so that's so Harry's introduced for the first time. It's also like kind of the last real unit story. I mean, you could say that Terror of the Zygons counts, but this is like a, this is like a, this uh, is the end of the unit era. Yeah, this is like a real like chrysalis situation. Like this is where the chrysalis breaks open, and you know they just release Tom Baker out into the cosmos. Um, so it's it's the last story produced by Barry Letts, who was the producer of Doctor Who, going back to the Silurians. So he oversaw pretty much everything uh, for John Pertwee. And it's also a, story, a script uh, written by Terrence Dix, who was the outgoing script editor of uh, of the Pertwee era. He oversaw all of the Pertwee era in the last half of Troughton, Troughton's uh, season, last season, I think. Mm-hmm. So he's been around for a while. Uh, he comes back and does a lot of other stuff later. Uh, and it's also the first script editing by Robert Holmes. Uh, so Robert Holmes scripts at, script edit this. And it's it's uh, it's really interesting in that it's, you know, it's basically Tom Baker proving that he can do a Pertwee story before he goes off and starts making Tom Baker stories. Well, the uh, thing I think that is interesting, though, about it being that combination of of previous script editor and new script editor it makes a perfect bridge yeah from one to the next because 
while it's a unit story and very much a Terrence Dick story, you can still feel Robert Holmes all over it. Oh, definitely. And like, it's, there is there is even a pull between the main robot, like because the, the robot is basically based on King Kong. I mean, obvious. Yeah. But it's based on King Kong, and apparently, like, Terrence Dix was more interested in the monster King Kong angle, and Robert Holmes was more interested in the, um, uh, like, the Isaac Asimov uh, robot rules that Asimov g- gets into and, like, iRobot and stuff. And, like, you can really, when you watch it, you can see how both of them go together, you know? And it's a very interesting marriage between the two. Uh, also weird to see Tom Baker driving around Bessie. Kind of, kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, that's Robot. It's uh, directed by Christopher Berry, who we were talking about just before the show started. Uh, is one of those directors who is mostly good, but has a couple of lemons on his on his record. Like he did The Rescue and The Romans, which are Hartnell stories. But he also did like Brain of Morbius, which I know you just watched, mm-hmm. uh, and um, other things. But he also did The Mutants. Which I I abhor. I abhor the mutants and uh, Creature from the Pit, which is a very directorially confused story. Very. Uh, so, so he's a bit of an up and down, but this is a pretty strong outing for him, and it's a great sort of introduction and uh, just a great. It's just, it's one of the really strong in- introduction stories of the classic era, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and really uh, underrated. Oh, definitely. As an episode, and I mm-hmm. think. And it's a, it's a funny thing because, you know, we've talked about it a lot um, about how we think that Tom Baker gets too much credit um, for being like the iconic doctor. And we're like, we're you know, I, I think we both agree that while Tom Baker is good, he's only he ends up really only being as good as his material. Definitely. Um, and. He has really great stuff in those first three years that are nearly perfect, and then his back four um, are not aren't nearly as good. <laughs> no, um, not at all. And 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 yet, you know, people say like Tom Baker's the best doctor ever, um, regardless of that fact. And I, I mean, the thing about robot is like watching it. I can understand why everyone fell in love with Tom Baker because he's just so damn charming in this story. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and it's basically, I mean, I mean, Tom Baker in this story reminds me a lot of David Tennant. Sure. In that, you know, it's, it's just, it's just wacky hijinks, you know, Mm -hmm. where, you know, you watch, you watch the Christmas invasion and you can't help but love uh, love David Tennant right away. And it's the same thing with Tom Baker. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like Definitely. no matter how much you love John Pertwee, no matter how much you love Christopher Eccleston, you know, as soon as Tom Baker uh, or, and David Tennant show up, you've forgotten them. And you're like, oh, this is the doctor now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and it's just – I mean, credit where credit's due, uh, that's that's definitely Tom Baker. And... Oh, totally. And the thing about him here that I like almost more than any other story, like whenever I, whenever I go to someone and say, okay, this is – what is your signature Tom Baker story? Because like if it's Davis and it's Caves, if it's Pertwee, it's like, you know, Curse of Peladin or, you know, a, a myriad of other ones. Whenever it's a Tom Baker story, I'm always like, okay, well, what's the – like, if I wanted to show someone what Tom Baker can do, what's the one? And I always forget about this story, and I don't know why. It's because, because it, it's because it's a unit story, I think. Probably, um, yeah. Because it's not indicative. It's it's While it's indicative of the best of Tom Baker, it's not indicative of his run as the Doctor, if that makes any sense. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. And, like, the thing that really gets me about this, more than even Ark in Space, which we talked about a couple months ago... Uh, like I love Ark in Space, but the thing about Ark in Space is like it's a great performance for Tom Baker, but with this, the energy that he has is outstanding. Like you said, but it's more like he's just hungry, like hungry to do something good. And if you like, if you don't know the background, like Tom Baker before he became the Doctor was working construction. Like he was a performer, and he was out of work, and he was working in a construction yard, and that's where they found him. And he was like one of the like the last sort of person to be auditioned and that's how he got the role 
Mm-hmm. After, like, after they had already offered it to like three or four other people that turned it down. Right. Uh, and I think that like, you know, uh, he eventually like just kind of goes through the motions and like, I think he's fairly entertaining to watch just about always. I mean, I, I have issues with him, but watching him in this, like you can just see that it's a guy who is just so eager to please, so eager to impress, uh, and just really coming forward with the, just pushing out with the right foot forward. And you can feel that like, they do take a small production hiatus, uh, after they filmed this story, because this this was filmed as like the last season, last story of last season, but held over. Oh, you okay. can, yeah, you can really feel the difference between the two. Like, mm-hmm. and like, I mean, the next story that he actually shoots is Centauran Experiment, and I like the Centauran Experiment, but it's it, his energy is so different, and it's not. I mean, I, I it's not in a bad way, but it's like I just I don't like it as much as I like him here. Like, this is probably my favorite Tom Baker. Of all that Me he too. does. Yeah. Me too. So this is and, – and we were talking about it like his – just his uh, his chemistry with the Brigadier is so different from the chemistry between the Brigadier and Troughton or Pertwee. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. Yeah. And 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 and, it, and that's and it's great because it's not just him either. Like it's all – Nicholas Cur- Courtney tweaks his performance slightly to like – both not trust and trust him at the same time. And it, it, it's something to behold. Like, Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And it's just great. Well, um, I just, I love great. it because Tom Baker's doctor is the ultimate, like anti-authority. Yeah, definitely. And, and so his relationship with the brigadier is just so tense in like a really playful way. I, I just, I love it. I love it definitely. so much. Yeah. It's, it's totally awesome. Uh, and there's not much that I feel like saying bad about this story because, like, even if there's cracks or holes, like, they're all the sort of the lovable cracks and holes that I love right. in this show. Uh, so uh, we'll talk about them in just a minute. So Yeah. yeah. Before we do that, uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, we're sponsored by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our Book of the Month Scud, The Disposable Assassin by Rob Schrab and Dan Harmon. And uh, it's only $18.59, which is 38% off the suggested retail price of $29.99. It's 786 pages for less than 20 bucks, so you should go buy that and buy a few other things because uh, all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Woo! Woo! All right. Um, so we start Robot off with uh, the regeneration of uh the third doctor into the fourth doctor um and this is the first time that the brigadier has ever witnessed it happen before mm-hmm. um obviously he's he's known uh the second doctor and the third doctor but he's never actually seen a regeneration before he was really just he was really just sort of like buying the fact that the third doctor was the same doctor as the second doctor really just because he trusted John Pertwee. I mm-hmm. mean, he never actually saw it for himself. And for all we know, this entire time, the brigadier could have just been like, yeah, okay, whatever. And like, actually not believe it, that, that, that was a thing that happened, but was just like, okay, well, I'll just play along because obviously this guy's helping me out. So, yeah. um, so this is really the first time that he's ever experienced a regeneration. Mm-hmm. And it really, uh, like, legendarizes the um, the Brigadier in a lot of ways. Because, like, despite the fact that the Doctor has regenerated a bunch, it really puts him in a small pantheon of, uh, of companions who actually have witnessed a regeneration. Uh, mm-hmm. The other ones being Ben and Polly. Uh, the second Doctor, no one witnessed that. Uh, and then it's Sarah and Sarah Jane and the Brigadier here, and then it would be Nissa Teagan and Adric for the Fifth Doctor, and then I guess I guess well Perry definitely witnessed it, and Mel I guess witnessed it, but she was knocked out when the other one regenerated. Yeah, uh, and, and Rose did too, but like that's I mean it it's one it's one thing to be a companion, it's another thing to be a companion who witnesses a regeneration, and that's like really impressive to me, and mm-hmm. makes me love the Brigadier just a little bit more. Just a little mm-hmm. more. So. Well, what's not to love, honestly? <laughs> um, so uh, he he wakes up and he's, he's delirious. And this is the first time that we've ever had um, 
uh, the regeneration effect. Um, because before this, I think I, I haven't seen Patrick Troughton, but from what I understand, Patrick Troughton wakes up and he's like, uh, I'm the same guy. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they move on. <laughs> That's actually not at all what happens. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Well, no, cause they definitely witness it and it is a transformation. Like you do, there is like a clear cut one care, like Hartnell dissolving into Troughton. Like that is a thing that happens. No, I I know that because I've seen uh, the Cybermen story, um, All right. where where it happens. But I just mean I haven't seen the result of that after that. Um, <laughs> oh, which I mean I I I I don't know. But there, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it was made. I mean, Troughton, the second Doctor wasn't wasn't suffering from memory loss or he had no symptoms, right? Uh, yeah. Wasn't it, wasn't it, wasn't it more of a thing where like he just had to convince Ben and Polly that he was the same person? More or less. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he didn't really have any like bad effects of the regeneration. It just happened. He's like, no, 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 I'm the same guy. And they're like, what? And he's like, no, seriously. And they're like, all right. Uh, (laughs) And then, but then, and then the third, the third doctor, he just woke up in a field. And so (laughs) he was, he was like already over the regeneration and everything. Um, yeah. And, and like, he just like was in the, he was just, his big thing was like trying to convince the brigadier that he was the same person, mm-hmm. um, while trying to solve this mystery, um, with the autons. But with the fourth doctor, this is the first time that we've seen like, oh, the regeneration sort of has like uh, some negative effects on the doctor, um, <laughs> in which he kind of goes crazy, uh, in a variety of ways. Um, uh, sometimes he needs to be locked up in a coffin. Sometimes <laughs> he wants to kill his companion. Um, sometimes he needs some tea, and like sometimes he's just wacky and has <laughs> no sense of what he what's appropriate to wear in public. Yeah. Um, uh, and this this in this case it is the former. Um, or the latter, I should say. Uh, yes. So he's just sort of spouting off like gen- like general crazy. Uh, and uh, the brigadier's like, okay, so um, <laughs> Harry, can you take care of him and take him to the sick bay? Uh, and he's like, yeah, okay. So he takes him to the sick bay. And then uh, they start, we start then getting robot POV, um, which is not unlike. Salerian POV. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, the best part about the robot, I have to say, is this is the most, this is just the most perfect robot to be in, I think, to ever be in Doctor Who up to this point. The only the only robot that ever beats it is the one in Trial of a Time Lord <laughs> because he has a suitcase. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he has pincher hands. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's like, there are parts in this where he like picks up a folder and he's just like this giant seven foot tall robot holding a little tiny folder. And it's, it's fairly entertaining. Uh, uh not so as great awesome. as the suitcase, but very few things are. It's so. true. It's true. <laughs> Let me go get my stuff. <laughs> um, so, so this, this robot is like up to shenanigans. Um, and we don't really, we don't know that it's a robot at this point, but we can kind of guess considering the story is called robot, um, (laughs) which I don't really know. I guess they left it a mystery just because they wanted to reveal it at the end as part of the cliffhanger, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, It's a, it's a Dalek reveal, except not as good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, this, uh, large mechanical thing, Breaks into the Ministry of Defense, Advanced Research Center. It kills Guard, um, breaks through the gate, steals a document from the vault. And then uh, we go back to the doctor's laboratory um, where uh, the brigadier is like is telling Sarah about uh, these plans. The plans that are stolen are for this disintegrator gun thing. And uh, Sarah's like, like, okay, well, that's great. I want to get a visitor's pass for the National Institute of Advanced Scientific Research. Um, 
and and it, uh, because journalists are rarely admitted to go, and the brigadier's like, yeah, sure, whatever, that's cool. <laughs> um, you know, no you problem. You the doctor through his regeneration. Yeah, you cool. You cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> he's just he says it in such a way. He's just like he's obviously just trying to impress Sarah, because <laughs> he's like, look. I didn't get to score with the last companion. <laughs> I think I was the only one. <laughs> so he's 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 trying to he's trying to earn some brownie points with Sarah, I think. Definitely. Um so uh, the they they leave the laboratory um which they really uh, near as I could tell, they really had no reason to be in there in the first place. <laughs> Because they just go in there, have a conversation, and then leave. <laughs> right. We can't afford another set, so let's have a discussion here. Yeah. <laughs> so I have no reason to be in the room. Let's just... <laughs> yeah. So they leave, and the doctor... We see that the doctor has snuck out of the of the sick bay, and he's in his gown, his hospital gown. And he hides as they pass, and then he goes into the room... Um, and he's got, like, his, his jacket on. Oh, he puts his, his Pertwee jacket over his gown and he's like holding his Pertwee boots and he's, he goes into the room and he's going to escape in the TARDIS, but he can't find his key. And then he finds it in his boot. So then he goes in there, um, but is interrupted because Harry walks in um, because he's, he's like, ah, listen, you can't be leaving the sick bay. (laughs) And then he's like, you're not well. And he's like, "Uh, I am well. I am very well. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, I don't believe you. And he's like, look, I found this random jump rope. And now we're <laughs> going to we're gonna play jump rope together just to show you how good I am. And they do this creepy thing where Tom Baker's just staring into Harry's eyes. And Harry, as they're jump roping, is getting more and more uncomfortable. And then we cut away to Sarah and Brigadier coming back to the lab because they went to go check on the doctor and he wasn't there. And they find that Harry has been tied up in a locker by his feet with the jump rope. So that's what's happened while we were gone. Um, and uh, they start to hear the, the TARDIS taking off. And Sarah's like, no, 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 don't leave. And then a the doctor comes out and she's like, she's like, hey, you can't leave. And he's like, uh, the hell I can't. Um, and then he goes to leave again. She's like, no, 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 seriously. And then he comes out again. And she's like, there's a stolen secret weapon. You need to help. And then he's like, well, all right, I'll help. <laughs> um, but then we get an awesome, uh, an awesome scene in which the doctor is trying to find his new wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he which comes I'm out. Yeah. What's that? I'm YouTube in this. Oh God. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So he comes out, he comes out in Viking gear. And he's like, <laughs> the freak deer and Harry are just like, what? <laughs> and he's like, what? What's what's wrong? And the Briggs, like, in the most polite way he possibly can, is like, look, you can't be wearing that shit. <laughs> People are gonna look at you weird, and as a result, look at me weird for hanging out with you. <laughs> and he's like, oh. Okay, and so he goes back in the TARDIS. Instantly comes out wearing something that was like a rejected costume from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> that too was turned down. So then he comes back out wearing like a a a, a clown juggler outfit, <laughs> like a Victorian clown juggler. Yeah, and uh, that's turned down. So then he goes back in and comes out wearing. Like the outfit, the thing that the thing that I find so funny about this is like, okay, it's really funny, it's comedic, which is really odd, um, I think for for Doctor Who at this at this point, like it's really kind of slapsticky, um, yeah. which is weird, I think, right? Like that's weird for this era. Yeah, it's it's blatantly a scene that is played just for joke. Yeah, yeah, which is which is a little strange. Yeah. Uh, um, so the other thing that I find weird is that he has three really bizarre outfits, like <laughs> really bizarre outfits, and then settles for one that's not really that bizarre at all. 
<laughs> it's just it's 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 odd. It is odd. It's, it's odd, but the best part about it is like okay, so the, every time he walks out, like when he's standing there as the Viking, he's like, "Oh, this isn't okay." All right, and he goes back in, and then for the Renaissance dude and the um and the and the clown, he presents himself like, "Huh, huh? How about this? How about this? This is good." And then they're like, "No." When he comes out dressed in his normal outfit, uh, he literally just walks out and he's like, "All right, fine," and. <laughs> almost like he, almost like he the TARDIS had laid that outfit out for him, mm-hmm. but he was refusing to wear it. Yeah. And just <laughs> messing with the brigadier. Like yeah. just just to mess with him. He's like, eh, eh, I can do this. Eh? <laughs> we don't get another <laughs> uh dressing gag like this until uh Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> in Time of the Ronnie. We get But a that similar... story is a mess. <laughs> yeah. But that is my favorite part of that story. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Not that there's anything to really fight against it. <laughs> there uh, it is. Um, no. So, so uh, the doctor's like, "All right, well, let's go investigate." So they go out uh, and investigate this um, this military base where the robot broke in, and the doctor's like it, doing the science thing and checking out like a a, a leaf that was crushed by a foot. dandelion. A dandelion, and he blows in the brigadier's face, which is pretty funny. Uh, and uh, so, while this is going on, uh, the Sarah Jane goes to investigate this research facility that she's been going wanting to go to. It's a very complicated research facility, or I'd say what it was, um, or the the National Institute for Advanced the Think Scientific- Tank. Oh, right, the Think Tank. Uh, yeah. I was just going to call it Niacer, but I guess yours is better. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so Sarah Jane goes to investigate, and uh, while she's investigating, uh, there's a there's an attack by the robot again, and it manages to uh, uh, steal another piece of the disintegrator gun by digging under the whole research facility so effectively the unit doesn't realize it's there until it's already gone, <laughs> which is but one instance of unit spectacularly failing in this. Uh, uh-huh. Because there is a better point at, in the episode four where Unit just completely drops the ball, and it's mind blowing. But we'll get there in a second. So the Doctor's like, "Okay, well, great. Now the now this robot has this disintegrator gun." And Sarah uh, goes over to so Sarah's at the institute. She investigates. She finds a room marked Professor Kettlewell. She marches in, despite the uh, the uh, the protests of totally not Hitler director uh, Hilda Winters. Oh my She's god, like, Hilda Winters is Oh my god. Every every single thing about her visually just says do not trust her. Yeah. Do not. From the yeah. from the black gloves she insists on wearing <sighs> to the militaristic uniform to the 70s haircut to the glasses, all say don't trust her. Just she is she is literally if you can combine like the just the most violently feminist person, feminist woman ever. Right. Okay. Radical, radical feminist. Radical. There we go. Radical, <laughs> radical feminist. There you go. Uh, the the most radical feminist you've you've ever met with Hitler and Malcolm X, <laughs> and that's Hilda Winters. <laughs> so she's not good news. No, uh, no, she's not. She- She's she's bad news. Uh, the so so she gets really upset that Sarah Jane is um in the middle of this uh like just investigating. She's like, okay, we're gonna have to ask you to leave. And Sarah notices that there's this puddle of oil on the floor, which means that something's been there recently. So Sarah Jane goes. She talks to Professor Kettlewell, who, if <laughs> if Hilda Winters looks like Hitler, Professor Kettlewell looks like every mad scientist you've ever seen. Uh, he's, he's he's like he's like a combination of I would say he's a combination of uh, Albert Einstein and Geppetto, <laughs> with with uh, with with hair that is seventeen percent crazier. Because um, mm-hmm. he does he like you he has, he has the ha- yeah he's he's those two characters with the hair of Doc Brown. <laughs> that's that's what's going on. Yeah, that's that's about accurate. Uh, <laughs> and he, so so he's like the sort of guy who you just instantly recognize, which is important for later. Um, 
And uh, he acts like a crazy person, and he starts telling Sarah Jane about this robot and how he quit this institute because he didn't trust them, and how they um they uh they uh, he ordered the dismantling of this robot, but it doesn't seem like they did. And Sarah Jane's like, "That's peculiar." So she sneaks back onto the military base and sneaks back into his office. And as she's sneaking in, she is uh quote unquote attacked by this robot. Uh, the robot is this giant seven foot tall, just silly looking thing. Like, oh, just it's glorious. It's wonderful. Uh, I it's... want it. I want a replica of it. Like when I'm rich, I will have a replica of this robot in my house. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'm right there with you. In uh, in a hallway, like a knight. <laughs> it'll just, it'll be this robot. Yeah. It's, it is, it is gorgeous. Um, and, uh, so it attacks Sarah Jane. <clears throat> and it croaches on her. Cliffhanger, cliffhanger. Uh, only it wasn't attacking. <laughs> only it wasn't attacking her. Basically, Hilda Win- Winters and her assistant, who I don't remember his name because he doesn't matter, basically just pulled this elaborate prank on Sarah Jane where they're just like, ah, ha, ha, we're just using this robot to see if it would attack you just to scare you a little bit. And Sarah Jane's mm-hmm. like, wow, uh, guys are dicks. And, yeah, and they're just like dick move. Dick move, Hilda. It is it is a real dick move. Uh, yeah. And then Hilda's like, was like, oh, you think that's a dick move? All right. Hey, robot, destroy her. <laughs> and the robot's like, the robot's like, okay, I'm going to destroy you. And Sarah's like, oh, my God, this is happening. I'm going to get killed by a robot. And then the robot's like, wait, I can't destroy her. And she's like, no, seriously, destroy her. And he's like, okay, I'm going to. No, I can't. I don't. Uh, what? Uh, 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 and he starts freaking out. And Sarah's like, um, what's going on? And then Hilda's like, ha, 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 I tricked you again. He can't kill humans. Don't you see? You're an idiot. <laughs> Which is one of those situations that's like, I'm, I'm only joking if you think I'm not serious. Uh, <laughs> like one of those things where it's like, where it's like, you want to go out sometime? Ha, 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 I'm really a joker. But seriously, do you? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Like, that's basically what Hilda's doing here. And it's like, because, like, if the robot had killed Sarah Jane, Hilda probably would have liked it. Like, she would have. But now she's like, oh, just kidding. I guess the killing circuits aren't turned on yet. Um, so Sarah's like, you guys are mean. She leaves. And then the, the assistant and Hilda are just like, you know that couldn't have worked. And she's like, yeah, whatever. It'll work next time. <laughs> so... So, uh, meanwhile, the doctor and the unit, who are both an entire step behind Sarah Jane, go and visit Professor Kettlewell, and he's like, I built the robot to be destroyed. Why we're seeing this, I don't know. (laughs) But we then get the robot attacking yet another person, and this time stealing yet another bit uh, bit of plans, which have nothing to do with the disintegrator gun. And it's, it's notable because the robot totally just breaks into the room and attacks this guy. (laughs) <laughs> by shooting, uh, by blasting a hole in the wall that looks exactly like the robot, uh, which is, <laughs> which, which is just great. Like it's like when Roger Rabbit jumps out of the jumps out of the window and leaves the Roger Rabbit size footprint. That's basically, uh, that's basically what the robot does. So yep. the robot kills. The robot kills the guy, steals the plans, which is great because it's like little little small folder of hands in his giant claw hands. Uh. And so the robot escapes and goes away. And then we uh, find out that what the robot stole are nuclear launch codes. Oh, no, we find that out later. I'm sorry. Uh, So it steals some plans, which are nuclear launch codes. We'll get to that in a second. Also, Unit has done some investigation and finds out that Hilda Winters is a member of the SRS which is the Scientific Reform Society. And basically what the SRS is, is basically, have you ever gone to those parties where nerds are like, we should take over the world? That's basically what the SRS is. It's a bunch (laughs) of nerdy, dopey scientists who are just like sick of getting beat up for their sweater vests. So they just decide that they're going to take over the world by destroying it. Uh, (laughs) Yep. And and Sarah goes to one of their meetings and and the guy is just this snotty, like douche who just basically says that outfit you're wearing not trendy you know why science and like (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just like i'm just like oh buddy buddy just wait a couple years and the nerds will inherit the earth but until then you are you are in for some more beatings because it's just (laughs) 
He's just exerting every modicum of power he can by saying that her outfit is untrendy because of science. It's it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> ah, so so Sarah Jane's like, fine, I'll go, I'll go find another way in. Then the doctor and the brigadier investigate Winters, again an entire step behind Sarah Jane, and she says that she's destroyed the robot, which is a blatant lie. The the robot is behind a, the next wall over and getting its uh, ethics chips destroyed so that it can actually kill people, which it's starting to do. And so the doctor's like, okay, well now I'm going to go back to see Professor Kettlewell because the robot's missing uh, and it's not here, and I don't think they've destroyed it, so I'm going to hop in Bessie, which he does, and he goes to Professor Kettlewell, who has ta- given the robot shelter, and the ro- the doctor gets there and basically just plays like a silly game with the robot where he's just like running and dodging while the robot attempts to kill him. And oh, my God. It's... Okay, this section is so ridiculous because... Like, the stuff that the doctor is doing to stop the robot is so funny. Like, okay. <laughs> like, the first thing that he does, like, because he dodges them a couple times, and then he finds some marbles. So he throws them on the ground to to trip up the robot, and then it just shows the marbles just to hit his feet and bounce off and do nothing. <laughs> so then the doctor's like, okay. Uh, there's these two columns, so I'll take my scarf and put it between them to trip up the... Like, I'll knock him on the ground with my scarf. Well, the the robot just knocks one of the columns down. <laughs> so that doesn't work. <laughs> so then the doctor dodges him a couple of more times, throws, like... A, there's, like, a chain with a hook on it that's, like, just hanging randomly from the ceiling. So he right, just... Right, because that's what scientists have in their lab. Right, totally. So he just throws that at the... Uh, he just swings that across at the robot. It bounces off of him very lightly. <laughs> and the robot keeps coming. So then he gets cornered by, by in the back of the room with the robot, takes off his hat, covers the robot's face, and then runs off. And the robot stops moving. And so then the doctor's like, Oh yeah. I was he's like, Yeah, look who beat you and he comes walking over to the robot to be all smug and then the robot's like, Gotcha and just put chops him <laughs> The robot tricked him <laughs> Oh my god, I love that moment so much. Oh, it's pretty great. So much. <laughs> so then he's on the floor and then the robot starts coming toward him and that's the end of part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a great thing. I think I've YouTubed it. Uh, I'll have to check, but I think I've YouTubed it. If I have, watch it. It's great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, all the all the YouTubes for this are actually a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, that, <laughs> this one's good. Like just the scene where he throws the marbles and it doesn't work, partially because the robot is not really a robot. It's like dude in a suit. Ah, uh, great. Just great. Um. So we come back part three. Turns out Sarah Jane has pulled up outside Professor Kettlewell's because she got the doctor's note that said, I'm going to go hang out with Kettlewell. So she came, she comes over and she stops in front of the robot like, you can't kill him. No, you remember me from the last episode and I stopped you then and, and we're, we're, we're cool people. And the robot's like, oh, I can't do this. And then unit runs in and it's just like, we gotcha. And they just start shooting at the robot and the robot's like, ah, and it leaves. <laughs> uh, because nothing's stopping it, not bullets. And and Sarah's like, God damn it. So she goes to Professor Kettlewell, and she says, Hey, uh, I know that you're a member of this scientific reform society. And he's like, What are you talking about? And she's like, Don't play games. I know you're a member. And he's like, Okay, I want to remake the world in my image. And they're like, And she's like, Okay, well, what if I put a recorder on you and you, se- and you go into the meeting and just record the meeting so that we can get a good story out of it? We can take them down. And Kettlewell's like, All right, I guess I could do this. And then we cut to. Uh, the same scene at the SRS where it's like the check-in station. So like you need to present your SRS badge, uh, you need to pay your dues, and then you can go into the meeting. Uh, and <laughs> Professor Kettlewell is standing behind this guy, and the guy in front of him goes in. And then Professor Kettlewell just walks up with his membership card. And he's acting totally suspicious. Like if any, like in one of those, if anyone knows I'm here, uh, I'm screwed. And it's like, bro, you look like that. That is what you look like. That is not going to work. 
It's just not. I'm sorry. It's not going to work. <laughs> and he's trying to act inconspicuous. It's incredible. It's just, it's incredible. Um, it's, it's like my favorite thing. <laughs> so, it's awesome. Oh, oh, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. Uh, but he lets, he gets in and somehow he lets in Sarah Jane by like opening a back door because the Scientific Reform Society is, is interested in remaking the world, not security. So uh, he, so it turns out that Hilda Winters really is Hitler and she has obtained using the robot nuclear access codes to all the other countries in the world. Because for some reason, all the other countries were just like, eh, Great Britain, not that important, not that impressive. We're just going to give them all of our launch codes and assume that it's going to be okay. Uh, that was that was the rationale of America, Russia, China, everywhere with an atomic bomb was just like, we're just going to give Europe all the cards. Uh, bad idea. Don't do it. <laughs> That's the equivalent of putting your eggs in one basket. Um, so they have all the nuclear launch codes. They're going to they're gonna create nuclear winter and basically remake the world in their image. And uh, they realize that Sarah Jane is there. They're showing off the robot. They're, they, like, take Sarah Jane hostage just as the doctor just kind of walks in. Like, he gets past the guard at the front gate because, you know, the doctor, he might have a membership card, did not pay his dues. Uh, so the guy stops him, but the doctor manages to trip him up using his scarf and the doctor sneaks in, basically causes a ruckus by doing some magic, which is so funny. Like he just starts dancing around the stage, shuffling cards, uh, and just acting like a total buffoon and letting people jump over him. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so, uh, unit busts in and the SRS and Hilda Winters are like, oh, F this, we're getting out of here. So they all basically break out and find themselves (laughs) up against a bunch of unit soldiers who all just start firing at them. And now what the way it works is like you break out the back door and there's unit people in front of you and to the right. Your truck is to the left. And so... Everyone, they all just start moving for the truck. Uh, Hilda Winters is holding Sarah Jane at gunpoint. I get that. No one wants to hit Sarah Jane. And they just basically get into the truck. Meanwhile, Hilda Winters' assistant, and I only say this because it's completely ridiculous. Hilda Winters' assistant is using the robot for cover. And when I say he uses the robot for cover, I mean he hides behind the robot even when the robot decides to put its back to unit soldiers. So the guy is just... (laughs) Is using is using the robot as a shield by putting himself between the robot and the gunfire. Uh, <laughs> why he does this, I have no idea. It's just poorly staged. Uh, but it is. It's like, and it's not like it's not like you know. If unit has surrounded the place, what's the thing you do? You run for the truck. No, this guy decides. No, I'm. We're getting the robot in, and I'm moving at the rate of the robot. And the robot does not walk very fast. So this guy just kind of is sauntering out to the truck and getting shot at by unit, acting like it's all okay. Kind of fantastic. Just <laughs> totally, totally wonderful. Uh, so the SRS manages to escape to a bunker, and the doctor goes after them. Uh, and then we get. A big action sequence where the the um, unit tries to take out the gun embankments that are at this uh, this uh, this bunker using uh, grenades and so so they're trying to take them out. The doctor uses the sonic screwdriver to take them out, and the, and the SRS are just like, "Oh, send out the robot!" Why they didn't do that in the first place, I don't know. Uh, so they uh, send out the <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> This is the single best uh, the single best part of the story. Oh, oh, oh yes. And I have a story as soon as you've finished telling it. I'm, okay. Uh, oh. So the robot comes out. And then we get a shot that there's supposed to be like, you know, like one of those uh what what is that called? Like the where you make you make something small closer to the camera so it looks bigger. Right, um, yes. Perspective, yeah. like a good perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're play- the director's playing with perspective. And, and he, he uses a toy tank. That's so obviously a toy tank in the ground. There's literally blades of grass that are, that are like half the size of the tank. 
in this shot with the robot in the background. And it just wheels itself in, and then, and then the robot destroys it. <laughs> so amazing. It's, it's, it's incredible. And, like, everyone afterwards was like, ooh, that was a mistake. No, it wasn't. You know how I know? Because I was sitting on the couch this afternoon watching it, and my roommate came in. And she had to leave, and she was on her computer, and I'm like, oh, I'm watching Doctor Who, and she's like, oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And I'm like, you want to see the greatest thing ever? And we're just at the part where Unit is attacking the bunker, and she's like, all right. And I'm like, it's going to happen in two minutes. And it didn't happen in two minutes, and she was getting antsy, and she was like, no, 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 I I have to go. And I'm like, no, 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 just wait for it. It'll be worth it. And she's like, well, I know it when I see it. I'm like, oh, yes, you will know it when you see it. (laughs) So she's still on her computer, and... The, the the brigadier goes, I know what I'm... And it's not like it's like, oh, we're just going to bring it a tank. The brigadier's like, I got something that'll stop it. Like, that is his <laughs> quote. Like, that's what he says. Like, I got this, guys. I got this. So you literally then get the shot of the tank rolling in. And as soon as it rolls in, because it takes you a second to figure out that it's a toy tank. You're just like, this doesn't look right. Um, yeah. I, she starts watching it. And I'm like, here it is, here it is. And, and the tank rolls in. And I literally go, that is totally not a toy tank. And she just starts laughing until she's crying. Like, that is like that is how goddamn hilarious it is. Oh, my she... God. <laughs> it is amazing. It's incredible. It's just incredible. Because uh, it's not, like, it's totally not a toy tank. It's totally not, guys. Oh, my God, it's not. But it is. <laughs> but it is. We did not, at the last minute, forget to make a model tank for this and go to the toy store. That is not what happened. <laughs> That's totally not what happened. We did not give a PA five dollars for the, mic- for the micro machine of this. <laughs> oh my god! So, and then so the robot destroys it with its disintegrator gun, which apparently just disintegrates people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it and, says, uh, "I'm going to destroy you all." Um, so tanks. basically what that what that brings us to is a tally of three endings that have to do with the robot threatening to destroy somebody. <laughs> so that's the one downside of this of this story is that all three cliffhangers are basically the same and they're not good. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're just they're not good cliffhangers. Uh, but it's okay. Like the the one thing that I'll say about this story is it's one of the few stories that I wouldn't mind seeing edited into a single film. Oh, yeah, sure. Because this, the, this one lends itself to it because it doesn't have good cliffhangers. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it's not. It's not. It's not great. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But we, so we come back. The, the, the robot is still threatening um, is still threatening everybody. And meanwhile, inside, Professor Kettlewell and, 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 and Hilda Winters are putting together a way to, exp- to destroy the Earth. And they're just like, guys, we're going to destroy the Earth. And, and everyone's like, yay, except Kettlewell's like, wait a minute. I don't know if this is such a good idea. Why he has a change of heart? No idea. Like, just, <laughs> just no idea. But the countdown's starting. And, At 300. Um, at 300 so you have you have five minutes to stop it so it's not like you know that's the prep cycle uh five minutes that lasts basically the remainder of the episode yeah pretty pretty much it's like the longest five minutes ever yeah it's uh it's a little it's a little weird uh so so outside units pinned down by the robot and harry and sarah jane who are captive under like in the bunker somehow managed to get free and they talk to Kettlewell, and they're like, you can't blow up the Earth. And he's like, I know. So they run outside, and they come across the robot. And <laughs> and the robot's just like, what? And just gets spooked and just disintegrates Professor Kettlewell. Just, and he's gone. Like, he's yep. just gone. And then the <laughs> robot's like, oh, no, I killed my father. And then and freaks out. It just passes out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so why? then the doctor and the unit troops can get into the bunker why no one like instantly just yells and starts running because this you know three ton hunk of metal is falling i don't know uh because sarah and harry are not standing very far from it when it falls <laughs> yeah um uh, so unit unit and the doctor break in there's not much time left they need to send in the fail safe codes because all the com- all the countries ha- still have their fail safe codes 
I need to send in the failsafe codes, but there's not enough time, so the doctor just rigs the computer and manages to stop the countdown with just two seconds left. And so the day is seemingly saved, and we're all good. Uh, Hilda Winters is taken into custody, and then the brigadier and the doctor run outside, and they're like... And the brigadier, the first thing he says is, what do you mean it's gone? Because apparently what happened is the robot malfunctioned and shut down. Unit was like, all right, we're just going to storm the bunker. And while they were storming the bunker, no one noticed this seven-foot-tall robot get up and walk back into the bunker. <laughs> and, and like, at that point, Unit has become completely redundant because Unit cannot get anything done. They just can't get their shit together. They're just, they're done. And, like, I'm sitting here, I'm just like, how did no one see this? And Benton offers the explanation, like, oh, we didn't notice. We just assumed everyone else had it. Guys, no, that is not what you do. When the killer, okay, when you have effectively knocked out the killer in the room, you know, like he's in the house, you knock him out, and everyone's like, okay, let's go our separate ways. If you see him moved, you don't assume, oh, my friend must have gotten it. That's not that's not the right thing to do. So, Unit really dropped the ball on this one and allowed the robot to get into the bunker and capture Sarah Jane uh, and pull her outside while all of unit is outside in the, 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 uh, the robot, but in the middle of this time, the robot who has completely lost all sense of ethics because he's killed his master or his creator decides that it's going to blow up the world. But, uh, he's ensuring unit... his, his father's <laughs> last orders, which, which, which <laughs> despite Sarah Jane's protestations that the, his father's last orders were, you know, don't do this. Right. <laughs> The robot well, she can't listen. be trusted. Exactly. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't trust Sarah Jane. Let's trust the guy who created you, despite the fact that he's flip flopped on four things in the span <laughs> of four episodes. Um. So, so the, the the brigadier orders that all the countries turn on their fail safes, which they do, stopping the robot. The robot gets really angry and goes outside. Why? I don't know. Like he's just like, eh, I'm going outside. He goes and outside, and the brigadier's like, ah, finally. And then he. Shoots the robot with the disintegrator gun, but instead of like being destroyed, the robot does the opposite and actually grows to a gigantic size. <laughs> it totally makes sense. Yep, <laughs> guys, it totally, it totally it's, makes sense. It's fine. It's really, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, I think I, I like to think that. At the same time that the Brigadier fired this disintegrator gun, somewhere on the moon, Rita Repulsa threw her little <laughs> her little spear. pretty fucking good man i'm sorry i swore but that's pretty good Uh, (laughs) so the robot gets really big and instead of the doctor realizing that he should call his tardis zord uh the the robot just picks up sarah jane and is like i got you girl and just starts walking away like king kong yep (laughs) and And it puts her on a rooftop um and then and then the robot and the unit troops are fighting while like the doctor goes back with uh with races to uh races back with the virus that he created because um, mm-hmm. he creates he cooks up this virus that's supposed to like mess up the robot because they he's made of like living metal or something um, yeah, or something I which is know. not which is not anything like living plastic um, <laughs> not at all but anyway he cooks up this virus and I don't know if you were paying attention because. He's like talking with Harry while he's doing this, and I don't know if you were paying attention, but he has he has like all of these, you know, like all of these bubbling beakers and stuff, and he has these two test tubes. One's empty, and one is full of something yellow. And what he does while he's talking, and it's obvious that the director just it just he's like do whatever, Tom, because it doesn't it doesn't really matter. No one's paying attention to what you're doing. Well, I was. <laughs> and let me tell you what Tom Baker does. <laughs> he has one empty test tube and one full of like a golden colored liquid. He pours half of it into the empty test tube, 
puts them both back into the test tube holder, then takes them both back out and pours the remainder of it into the other <laughs> test tube. That's it. That's all he does. That's literally all he does. He just had he just had to pour the one the stuff on the one test tube into the other one and then it turned green and it was a virus. <laughs> Oh, I love this show. Yeah. Uh, so oh. so then he, he, he takes that virus, multiplies it, puts it in a bucket. Um <laughs> and then it becomes it becomes red in the bucket. Um which he's not he's he didn't bother putting the lid on very tightly. Um I'm assuming it's sort of like the same uh the same thought process of not wanting to put the lid you just set the lid on top of the leftovers when you put it in the microwave. <laughs> you know, you don't keep it tight because then it could blow up. Yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> it's very much like that. And then he's just swinging around this paint can of this virus while he's like on the back of Bessie and Harry's driving. <laughs> he's just swinging around. And when they take off, he almost drops it. <laughs> catches himself, and then they drive by the giant robot. He throws it at the giant robot's feet. It then climbs across the robot, turning him red and shrinking him to a very, very small thing, and then it disappears. Um, and and the day the day is saved. And then the doctor, I didn't notice this because it's like one of my favorite shots in the whole thing. But whenever I think of this, I always think about how the doctor at the end just like is on. He's like standing on the back of Bessie, and he has the empty pail in his hand, and he raises his hands like, "Exalt me, I'm the doctor." And in my head, for some reason, I always thought that Unit was cheering. Turns out, Unit just doesn't have the patience for this. They're just like, eh. <laughs> We just watched a 40-foot robot shrink into nothing. Eh. You're not impressive. You're not. You're not impressive. And I think it's at that moment that the doctor really wants to quit unit. Um, so, yeah. so the day is saved. I, I love um, it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love it great. so much. Yeah. It's, uh, it's awesome. Like, it's... Yeah. It's it's a ridiculous moment and like it's the one it's the reason why I'm sad there aren't more Tom Baker unit stories. <laughs> because Tom Baker's interaction with unit is glorious in yeah. every every capacity. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> it's fantastic. It really really yeah. is. And I love the line too where when when they come up with the the fact that he needs to kill it with a virus. I love Bricketeer's lament of I wish just once we'd come across a giant monster that could be destroyed with bullets. <laughs> just one time. <laughs> one time I want a monster from me. <laughs> That's so much to ask. I just want to walk up, shoot it in the head, and be done. Uh, Guys, that's all I want. <laughs> but so it's not funny. to be. So, uh, so the doctor comes. So the doctor returns to unit with Sarah Jane. He's like, "Let's get out of here." Sarah Jane's like, "All right, let's go do this." Uh, and then Harry shows up, and he's like, "You can't leave." And the doctor's like, "Yeah, no, I can." And, and Harry's like, "In that box." And, and the doctor's like, "Yeah, you want to see it?" And the doctor just tricks Harry into mindless space adventures. Yep, <laughs> just just steals him away. Yep. And then he disappears. And the brigadier's like, "Oh, well." Okay. I do love the fact that, like, he, he offers Sarah Jane a jelly baby, and she takes it, and then Harry comes in, and, like, basically the jelly ba- taking the jelly baby is, like, the equivalent of taking the, the, the blue pill. Um, yeah. And that's essentially what it is. It's like, you, you eat the jelly baby, and you've agreed to become a companion, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> um, and uh, Harry, like, Harry's like, where, where, where are you guys going? And he's like, oh, we're going to go take a ride in the TARDIS. Want a jelly baby? And he's like, sure. And he takes the jelly baby. Like, doesn't even think of it. He's just like, he just takes it. He doesn't even. <laughs> and he takes a bite out of it instantly. And he's chewing on. He's like, he's like, so wait, you're just going to ride around a police in that old blue box? And then Tom Baker just takes the rest of the jelly baby out of his hand and puts it back in the bag. He's like, screw you, buddy. <laughs> 
Which we I don't think need your funny. sass. That's yeah. not why we're here. It's so funny. Uh, but uh, and, and then but yeah. they leave, and it's over. And, and it they is... leave, and it's over. And they leave. They leave. Uh, they leave uh, Brigadier to come back and be sad when they're gone. Yeah, which which he is a little bit. Yeah, uh, but he's great. but he's a man, so he doesn't show it. But it's, well, it's no, he's he's the goddamn Brigadier is what he is. So <laughs> yeah. None of that. None of that. Um, but yeah, that's that's robot. So much fun. So much fun. I've had I had more fun watching this story than I have in watching Doctor Who in a while, like a while. So, mm-hmm. I think, and I think it's also interesting. Um, did you know that uh, the role of the assistant of uh, what's her face's assistant, Hilda um, Winters, yeah, of Winters' assistant, the role of Winters' assistant was between the guy who got it and Colin Baker. <laughs> Oh boy, that would have been fun to explain. So that was almost Colin Baker. Yeah. Well, Colin Baker got his shot later. Not a, not even the doctor. Did he? <laughs> well, he was a, he was in, he was in one of the uh, he was in a Davison story before. Oh he was right, the that's right. I yeah. haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, no, with good reason. Uh, so oh. that's oh, it blows. It is it is pretty freaking terrible. But we'll get there eventually. Uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, before we finish up, uh, we just want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly bo- comic books, statues, action figures, hell, anything you could get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders uh, a couple months in advance with a monthly discount special of up to 75% off, regular discounts up to 40% off, and you ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You pay six twenty-five flat rate shipping. They're awesome. They're like a comic book store online that you will send you a box of comics. It's great. Do it. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. DCBService.com. Woo! Next week, we return to the Sylvester McCoy era, um, yes. having been away for a really long time. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's been, it's been a while. Yeah, um, I think the last one we did was Delta and the Bannerman. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, there's not that much Sylvester McCoy, so we've got to save it. It's true. Got to save it. It's true. Um, so greatest show in the galaxy, which I'm excited to watch. Very excited to watch. Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. If you, um, not to, not to, not to spoil anything, but thematically, if you like cabin in the woods, you'll like greatest show in the galaxy. Ace? Galaxy. It's, hmm? Yes. Ace seventh doctor. Seventh doctor and ace. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You have a, I think there's only three stories that ace is not in with the seventh doctor. So your chance and the three are, Paradise Towers, Delta and the Bannerman, and Time of the Ronnie. So, oh, okay. I thought Mel was in it for longer than that. Okay, nope, nope. Four stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's around for one season and then she's gone. Oh, okay. Um. All right. So, so that's next week. I'm really excited to talk about that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter, Twitter.com/slash/scottcarelli, or my alternate Twitter account, Twitter.com/slash/scottcommentary, where I recently live tweeted. Uh, I live tweeted Terminus, which is a Peter Davidson story, the second part of the Black Guardian trilogy, and I'll be live tweeting the third part um, sometime, probably next weekend or something. Give me advance warning, and I will watch the hell out of that with you. Okay. Because Enlightenment is one of my all-time favorite stories. It All is, right. Sweet it is, uh, if you haven't seen it, it is impossibly iconic. Like, impossibly. Awesome. I can't so wait. Good. I'm excited to get there. Um so I'll be live tweeting that. Also this week, uh, we're putting Sunday Trek on hold this week, or we did, I should say, unless this comes out today. I might get this out today. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we're, we're putting Sunday Trek on hold because The Avengers is coming out on Friday, and uh, Matt and I are going to live tweet all of the Marvel movies up until – the Marvel Studios movies, um, one a night until – uh, until Friday, um, which we will not be live tweeting the Avengers, so don't look for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to get yelled at for texting in a theater. Right. Uh, True. No, and, and and the live tweeting it probably won't be us live tweeting it at the same time uh, because getting schedules together during the week is really problematic, uh, and I work at really bad hours. But we're both live tweeting. I for sure. It won't be. Man. It won't be. It won't be that hard because I've only got finals this week, so. Oh, okay. Well, they I'm, might be late. I'm free a lot uh, okay. this week. Well, they might be they might be late, is what I'm saying. Okay, uh, that's but, fine. 
Yeah, but they're gonna we're doing it all this week. So like Iron Man Monday and then Incredible or Iron, Iron Man, Man Sunday. Sunday. Incredible Hulk Monday, Iron Man 2 Tuesday, uh, good God, uh, and then um, uh, Wednesday is Thor, Thor and, and Thursday is Captain America, and then I guess, well, I mean, it's Friday, so Friday is Avengers Day, and we're gonna, and we're definitely doing a, um, uh, a recap Mind Robbers special for that next mm-hmm. weekend, so look for that in the future. Recap? No. Review. Not recap. Review. Sorry. Review. I'm in I'm in TDC mode. I apologize. I know. I know. Um, so um, if you're not subscribed to the Mind Robbers, you should be. Shame on you. Yes. yes. Go go do that. Um, mm-hmm. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gungadin. Also, GD Commentary, which is my live tweeting Twitter account. Uh, also, uh, my blog, classicalgallifrey.com. Uh, this past week... Uh, I did the demons. That's right. I did the demons and tweeted Scott some pictures. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait to watch that. <laughs> oh, that is that is a hell of a story. Oh Basically, God. the doctor versus the devil. Kind of awesome. Uh, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's the demons this week. Cassandra's doing. I don't even remember, but but it's Cassandra's. That's for sure. Uh, but I don't remember what it is. Oh, it's the Macro Terror. It's the Macro Terror, which is a. Uh, a second Doctor Ben Polly Jamie story, which is actually way better than you would expect it to be. So Cassandra's talking about that and other stuff coming up, which is really exciting. Stories that are coming up for us on the other side of Greatest Show of the Galaxy, Voyage of the Damned, Christmas Special, Evil of the Daleks, which is a second Doctor Dalek story, and uh, The Three Doctors, which is going to be our 100th episode. So look forward to that. Other than that, we will see you to talk about Greatest Show in the Galaxy, which is about, if you if you have any interest and you're still listening... Uh, about the Seventh Doctor and Ace going to visit a haunted carnival. That's basically that story. That sounds great. Um, also, uh, I forgot to mention this um, because I'm not used to having something to promote. But uh, if you go to the website, mindrobber.net, um, our first short uh, ever produced for Mind Robber Productions is up. So, yes. um, written by myself and Nick Jimenez and directed by me. Um, it's called Missing the Action. And you can go watch it. It's on there in uh, in HD, no less. Damn. Yeah. That's real. That's real. That's real juice. Drink, <laughs> Drink it up. Dude, I love that phrase. That's like my phrase that I want to make. It Anyways, that's it. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week with Greatest Show of the Galaxy. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>